fans and RBT Nation, we are back yet again with another RBT live stream. And today we are very, very happy we got a whole bunch of more new Buccaneers and we get to talk about it, Plus and I. So Plus, I'll give you the first rundown. What do you think of this draft and are you happy with what we came away with? Yeah, it, it was a good weekend. Um, you know, a lot of fun just, you know, watching the draft and it was, uh, you know, different, you know, obviously with the virtual um, experience and it was pretty cool to see, you know, some, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. But uh, yeah, overall for the Bucks, you know, you, you got to be kind of happy. I mean, because they hit on a lot of positions that, um, you know, the team needed and they added talented players. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to see them maybe address the defensive line a little bit more, um, a little bit more maybe to the offensive line as well. But, you know, they came away with a with a talented group that has a lot of potential to be um, pretty special uh, going forward. No, I agree. I mean, I was talking to you pre, I guess, live stream. We could possibly have three or four starters at the end of this. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to say Tristan Wirth starter, Antoine Winfield starter, Tyler Johnson could potentially be the slot receiver. Keyshawn Vaughn could be your 1A, 1B at running back. I mean, you're, you're hoping that a guy that's a third-round pick, day-two pick, is going to slide right in there, and he's capable of catching and doing all the things that a first down, first running back should be able to do. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's usually what I see with Jason Light's drafts. Like, he's filling spots that, we had of weakness and that could potentially be starters. And then even potentially, uh, we jacked up his name last time, Raymond Kali, Kalias, Kalai. I think it's Kalai. Kalai. Yeah. I mean, potentially yeah. he could be a returner. So, right. I mean, just gadget guy, but still, I mean, that's four to five starters in one draft. That's pretty damn nice. But let's go round by round. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about first round pick. We, t- we touched on it on the live stream during the draft, but, Tristan Wirfs at 14, what'd you think? Or at 13, forgive me, 13. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, again, it you know, it was kind of like the theme of this draft. They added a lot of, you know, guys that have, like, athletic ability, um, very high upside, and, you know, Tristan Wirfs is definitely one of those. I think he's, you know, he was, he was talked about as far as being one of the top tackles in this draft, and I think rightfully so. Um, extremely athletic, a guy that has length and, and power um, and, and can be – you know, obviously a day one starter. And I think he has the versatility down the road to be your potential left tackle. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, I think we talked about it on the live stream, you know, during the draft, we were kind of disappointed as, as far as a trade up goes. But when you look at it, you know, there's other teams that were trying to move up, you know, to potentially get him. So the Bucks wanted to, you know, secure their guy and they did that. So, you know, I'm happy with uh, with Tristan Wurst, and I think he's going to have a, a good impact, especially in the run game. I think that's going to be a strong going forward. I think that's the biggest point you just touched on there, like his effect on the running game. I mean, I don't think that the Bucks are going to succumb to what all Bucks nation wanted, where we're going to be a running team just because Derrick Henry did it with the Titans and the 49ers ran their way to the Super Bowl. But guess what? They lost to a passing team. In the Chiefs, so we're going to stick to what we do best, mm-hmm. but we're going to be able to run the ball better, and I think we're going to run towards his side a lot more and have Marpet roll over and just slide over to help. I mean, I think we're going to be able to run early. It's his like if y'all want to see below, I put in the description his 
breakdown I did. That was the first player breakdown I ever did, too. And Wirfs, I mean, he has all the tools. I kind of said it in that video breakdown. It's just he's going to have to learn on the go. And for me, it was like with Tom Brady, you're you're in supposed win now. I always do the quotes, win now <laughs> situation. So yeah. I just thought a more win now move would be fixing the defense or getting a guy that at right tackle that's already now, like ready now, mm-hmm. like Jedrick Wills. So, but like you said, they're playing for the future and worse has every little intangible, every athletic ability, every size, strength that you want in a left tackle, eventual left tackle. So why not take the guy and have him learn at right tackle, ease him into where our future is supposed to be. And right now, I mean, the line is set. Let that competition happen between him him and Haig, and let's see who wins out, right? I mean, it's not given to Wirfs, but pretty much is, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at his, his draft status, you you would think he's going to be the, the starting right tackle. And, um, you know, I, I look at it this way, you know, they're going to they're gonna coach him up, and I think it's kind of similar. I talked about it on the live stream. You know, I think it's kind of similar to the Devin White selection. You know, Devin White had tremendous athletic ability, tremendous potential, it was just about speeding up his mental processing and getting his technique right. And he showed that, you know, throughout the year and he continued to get better and better. And, and I think that's going to be the same with Tristan. I think he's going to be able to, you know, learn on the fly, like you said, but I think he's going to continue to improve his technique. And, you know, with coaching, I think he's just going to continue to improve. And, you know, they're going to utilize him, like, like we said, in the run game, you know, also in the screen game and, and his ability to get out in space. I think is very important. And now you have versatility where you can run left or right, you know, whether it be to Donovan Smith or to, you know, Tristan Wirfs. And, you know, that's going to make a big difference. And, you know, not to mention the fact you have, you know, OJ Howard and and Gronkowski as your two main tight ends now, as far as blocking, you know, that's going to make a big difference as well. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, everyone was probably waiting for OJ to get traded based on us getting Gronkowski, but, I mean, still think about what the hell we just have now. Like, what, what do we mm-hmm. – offensive weaponry? Like, we're loaded. I can just only imagine teams thinking, oh, OJ is just an athlete, but now you have Gronkowski and OJ. Mm-hmm. Which one do you cover? Not to mention our monsters on the outside. So, right. God, it's, it's funny to think about. Awesome to just let there be able to be fans on, in the stadiums to see this. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, – Let's go on. So keep going on to the down the list. So Tristan Wirfs, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. I thought that was cool. So we got one of the best offensive linemen there. Yeah. Antoine Winfield, next pick, second round, 45th overall. Out of Minnesota. Everyone knows his dad, Antoine Winfield. Played with, what, Minnesota and the Bills, I believe it was? Mm-hmm. Big Ten DB of the Year, seven interceptions. So, yeah. I mean, everyone knows the – or I'm hoping everyone knows Justin Evans with his – injury history and we mm-hmm. don't know if he's coming back or not so right, i'm pretty right. sure this is solidifying we don't want to know if it's up in the air we want to know what the hell we have right now and antoine winfield big heady player already head of the curve because his dad played in the league mm-hmm. what is your rundown on antoine winfield yeah i mean just just to you know break it down as far as you know that night i was watching the draft and you know i was i think i was texting with you and you know, we were kind of thinking, oh, they're going to take a running back here. You know, maybe it's J.K. Dobbins. Maybe it's, you know, Cam Akers. Or, you know, maybe they go in a different direction and go defensive line or offensive line. But, 
you know, when Antoine Winfield came up, I mean, my my smile got so big. Like I was just I was beyond ecstatic because Winfield is is probably like a top thirty player in this draft class and, and to get him at forty five and not only do you you know, you add to, you know, a pretty good group, a pretty good safety group already with, you know, Mike Edwards and Jordan Whitehead. But the Bucks really didn't have a safety like this guy in Winfield where, you know, he could play the deep middle, he can play in the box. I mean, he's pretty much got everything you want in a safety. And and not only that, but he's very intelligent, like he said, because of his dad. And that is what they needed. They needed a guy that has that instincts and, and can read and, and, and make plays on the football. And he is that. And uh, very excited. He's a perfect fit for what, you know, Todd Bowles wants to do as far as defensively. I mean, I think Bruce Arians called him, you know, Honey Badger and um, who's the other guy? Buda Baker as well. Yeah. So like a mix of those two. Um, I know he's been compared to Earl Thomas, which is awesome. So, I mean, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, really good pick and really happy with that selection. I mean, like you just said, he compared him to Buda Baker and Teron Matthew. He's that mm-hmm. type of player. It doesn't matter if he's 5'9", 5'10". He right. still plays like 6'2". He'll hit the shit out of you. He doesn't care. Like His awareness will get him to the ball, and he's going to make a play on the ball before he hits you. Like He just plays full go all the time, and that's what you want to see in a safety. And that's Usually safety and linebackers are one of my two of my favorite positions to watch because they're in the middle of the field, and you'll see them run sideline to sideline to make a play. And yeah. it, if they're out of sorts, they don't know what the hell's going on, they just look lost. They'll be staring down one side, and the ball will go the other side. right? And so that's where you kind of know mentally where a player is. I mean, and then they can always make up with it with their their motor, their, their aggressive nature. I mean, Quan had mm-hmm. that. Devin White had that. It was just mental processing. There was the only downfalls. Devin White freaking sped up with that mental processing, and now he's mm-hmm. just looking dangerous out there. But yeah, Antoine Winfield, like I said, he's already got a leg up on the competition based on his dad giving him the pointers, hints. It doesn't. It helps as well. He ran a four four forty, and I mean, he just he just he fits perfectly, like you said, what Tobbles wants to do. Right in the back back end of the defense, and he can play nickel slot like he can play anything mm-hmm. which you can just change him in and out again like so say justin evans does come back we are loaded yeah i mean i i honestly thought i was like oh we'll let the young guys grow mm-hmm. but if a guy like that that fits your defense to a t is there and that heady of a player hell yeah bring him in those are even more opportunities for turnovers right yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, Todd Bowles loves to play, you know, three safeties at a time. So, I mean, you can put, you know, Whitehead, you can put, um, you know, Win- Anton Winfield back there, and then you can have like Mike Edwards in the slot or in the nickel, you know, and, and play play big and, and do some things that way. So, yeah, really excited as far as that pick goes. So, hey, so Jay Elmore in the chat said, shocked, mm-hmm. shocked by the pick, but he does have similar highlights and instincts like the Honey Badger. Then he followed it up by... Flood the position with players and weed out the best. I mean, it's true. Yeah, Iron, exactly. iron sharpens iron, right? And then he ended it with, was also happy to know Ren Dax was squirming at the pick. <laughs> I want to know why. Uh, but, right? I mean, wasn't he wanting secondary all along? 
Uh, I'm not sure. He might have changed his tune as wow. far as, you know, wanting more secondary. But, I, I mean, I was ecstatic when, when that name came up. Like, you texted me Winfield. I was like, no, we, right. we didn't do that. I was like, no. <laughs> but then I just got so excited because he, he was one of my favorite players in this class yeah. by far. Yeah, I mean, because everyone knew Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Terran Matthew. Yeah. And then you're like, this dude kind of looks like him. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't and know he how plays, he plays like him too. Right? Like, yeah. Pedal the metal, he'll knock the shit he doesn't, out of him. He plays, yeah, he, he plays he on doesn't balls. Mi- yeah, he doesn't miss tackles either. Like, he's just, he's always in the right spot. This is funny too. So, Antoine Woodfield will absolutely be a consideration in the return game. He could also be an option for the slot. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. love that. Yeah. But, yeah, to that credit, I mean, he. Once he gets his hands on an interception, I mean, he's he knows what to do with it. You yeah, don't see he's him a run, just fall, running back, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's usually making a play with it. Again, that goes with his return skills. That goes with this his ability to make plays on a ball. I mean, hey, I I really like the pick. I didn't expect that just because of all the rumors we heard of running back. Oh, we're gonna go running back. Yeah, but I thought it was a great pick. I mean, mm-hmm. those are two. Him most of all is ready to play now. Yeah. And I think him next to Whitehead. And then he's number 31. What the hell number is Whitehead going to be? Uh, he switched to 33. Uh, Carlton, Yeah, Carlton Davis went to uh, 24. And then we have Sean Murphy bunting at 23. Okay. Yeah, so a lot Damn. of switch switching the numbers. I think Jamel Dean stayed at 35, if I'm not mistaken. There's already too many damn numbers switched. Yeah. All I remember <laughs> is that Antoine Winfield's 31, and now Whitehead's 33. It's all I remember you saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be weird, you know, right? seeing Chris Godwin at, at 14 now. And, you know, it, it's going to be strange. And, you know, and Gronk's, Gronk is Gronk, 87. And Wait, what number you know, is Tyler Johnson? Tyler Johnson, I believe, is 18. So I, I like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be different. Damn it, we just don't have an 11. He should have been 11. <laughs> we have Scotty True. Miller, 10. Yeah. Oh, TV 12, 13, Mike Evans, 14, Godwin. Come on, man. (laughs) But uh, J.L. Moore said. Wait, is Gabbert Gabbert 11? No, he's not. Never mind. He could. I I just never saw him on the damn field, so I I can't recall. (laughs) (laughs) But J.L. Moore said he felt like the safety group was fine. Brennan wanted a cornerback. Ah. I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But fourth corner, because Ryan Smith. But Ryan Smith is serviceable. I mean, yeah. you hope not more than one guy goes down. Well, I mean, I'll tell you about a corner that we got, you know, undrafted. But I'll mention that later. Let's go through the uh, the draft yeah. picks. Uh, so, after that, third round pick. Let's see. Who do we get in the third round? We got third round, Keyshawn Vaughn. Vanderbilt running back. Ran for two consecutive 1,000-yard season in the SEC. That's actually... A very very hard feat to do. What was mm-hmm. your, your first impressions on? Him? Yeah, Will yeah. said, "Yeah, Blaine is eleven though." Before you go, uh, there we <laughs> go. Yep. Um, but yeah, Keyshawn. Um, again, this was you know I think most fans' reactions were a little surprised as far as the name. I mean, I think we weren't surprised by the position. I mean, we kind of expected a running back at some point during day two. But uh, you know, Keyshawn, when you look at the tape, I mean, and I was a fan of him. You know, coming after twenty eighteen. Um, he had a really good year and and was really productive. Same thing as last year. But, you know, when you look at the tape, I mean, he just does everything very well. 
and I think that's what we were looking for in a running back. Uh, he's not overly explosive, but when he gets the ball in space, like he can make things happen. And uh, I like that very tough physical runner um, usually leans forward and, you know, and gets extra yards. So I, I like it. You know, he's a guy that can come in and help uh, Rojo as well. So I think it shows confidence in Rojo. I think Rojo is going to be a bigger piece than we anticipate. Uh, and now you have Keyshawn who can, you know, do some things and definitely an upgrade over, you know, Dare or TJ Logan back there. Yeah, for me, Keyshawn Vaughn, I mean, everyone thought it was a high reach. And then mm-hmm. Jason Light came out saying, okay, we, we value players differently from, oh, the media and how they yeah. say a player should be ranked. And right. I agree with that sentiment to a certain degree. I mean, some some things, I guess, you don't want as many negatives to go along with the positives. In that fashion, Keyshawn mm-hmm. Vaughn just doesn't have a lot of negatives. He doesn't right. have a lot of great attributes. He just does a lot of good, a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything great. So, I mean, yeah, Willie Ayer says, I really like Vaughn's confidence. Yeah, he does talk well. I mean, talks to talk. So does yeah. Tyler Johnson. That's our next pick we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to me, it's... He blocks just good enough. He catches just good enough. He doesn't catch great like Clyde Edwards Lair, but hey, I mean, all you got to do is catch the ball, then do something with it. I mm. mean, actually, I'll probably bring it up later, but he does. He doesn't have breakaway speed, but he has just enough. I mean, he has enough to actually break it down the field. It's not gonna burn anyone. So, right. but that compliment to go with Rojo. I mean, he already can do enough. He has that mentality, like everyone's talking about in the chat. Mm-hmm. You don't really need greatness. His Vanderbilt line was terrible, yeah, terrible. Really bad. And now we have a guy that can run block on the right side and works. The whole other rest of the line is okay. I don't, don't down that aspect of our line. I mean, mm-hmm. they are actually very good. I'm not gonna say very. I'll say good because people right. are gonna jump on our ass about it. But <laughs> they are good enough to be able to give produce hundred yard rushers every game. I would say. And they're, mm-hmm. they've shown, proven enough that they're capable of giving a 5,000-yard passer in a year. So yeah. I think they will show out, especially with the de- decision-maker that they have back there and Tom Brady. I mean, he could even run it out to a run because people are playing back. Okay, I'm gonna here you go, Vaughn. Pick up five mm-hmm. yards for me. But it's just little things like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. also, before I move on, Leroy Williams said, do you think if Taylor or Swift was there in the second, we would have taken them over the safety? Uh, you know, I think it, it could be possible. Uh, I know they had, I'm pretty sure they had Taylor, you know, ranked pretty highly. Um, I know they liked him a lot, um, from, you know, just going around everywhere. It seemed like he was the hot name for the bucks, but, uh, you know, Winfield is a really good player and, you know, I, I don't think anyone can be mad at that pick, but yeah, if Taylor was there, I think they might've selected him and, and it, it makes sense because, you know, we saw the Colts, you know, trade up to go get him. So, and they were one pick before us to begin with. So I, I think they knew that the Bucks really liked Taylor and, uh, you know, they went ahead and made the move for him. So you're saying who made the move for Taylor? Uh, the Colts, you know, All the Colts, right. they, they, they ended up trading up, uh, to 41 and, and they were only one pick ahead of us, you know, to start. So, you know, I think there was some logical sense there that, you know, the Bucks really liked uh, Taylor, but they ended up making the move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you saw Peter Report putting them at 
number 14 picking Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have done that, hands down. But, I mean, right. if he was there in the second round, I do agree with Leroy Williams. We probably would have taken him. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. So you could play to your board. If the guy's not there, you're not risking to trade up. You already traded up in the first round for one damn pick up, which I think if you all saw our live stream during the draft, we're like, why the hell do why do we do that? One mm-hmm. pick? I can understand the catch twenty two aspect of it because we got jumped in the past when we almost took the Bills right tackle, which is the big guy from Oklahoma. Yeah, Cody, Cody Ford. Ford. Yeah. Cody Ford. Yeah. And we missed him by one damn selection. So maybe they were feeling that in the back of their mind and they were like, No, we gotta get our guy. Yeah. So I can understand it in that aspect. Mm-hmm. It's just like John Lynch just knows what the hell to say to make people just give away pick stuff. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he did a great job. They had a great draft. Yeah, and yep. the, bear, the Bears are still crying to this day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, Vaughn, I think, will be a good compliment. And people wanted someone to take over for Rojo. I still don't understand that. Rojo's so young. This is going to be his second year of actual being a starter. Mm-hmm. Not even a, This is going to be his first year pure starter. Right. His second year of actually playing. First year, it was a wash. They didn't, Cutter didn't let him do anything. So, give him his time. He hasn't matured. He's still younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. Right. Can you, yep. can you believe that, too? Like, <laughs> so, you wonder why Keyshawn Vaughn's a more mature player. Mm-hmm. Roger's pretty much a kid. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. let's keep going on. So, Willie Ayer says, Buck fans should just flip Tyler Johnson and Vaughn in their heads, and they'll be happy. <laughs> there you go possibly I guess that's our next pick we're going to talk about one more yeah. David David Searles says Donovan Smith needs to step it up and, but Willie Will Error says he hasn't he wasn't terrible last se- season right he wasn't it wasn't at all I mean Donovan mm-hmm. Smith is serviceable he does a good enough job yeah you see the times where he was beat by Joey Bosa and then Jameis made an awesome move to get away from it or mm-hmm. You just see uh, elite moves where other players make. Yeah, you're gonna get beat. I mean, we've we've dis- discussed this in the past, but majority Donovan Smith usually wins, and he's really good in the, in the run game too. So mm-hmm. I'm confident with him as my left tackle in the in the time being right now. Like, right. We all obviously know Tristan Wirfs is probably gonna take over in the in the long haul of all of it. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Sarudi said seventh rounder running back he likes it better, but we'll talk yeah. about that next. Because, yeah, he has yeah. a very high ceiling mm-hmm. based on everything he can do. But let's keep going on down the line. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to really like this pick. Fifth-round pick. We didn't have a fourth-rounder because of Gronk and trading away to get up to get worse. But Tyler Johnson, Gophers career receptions yards leader. Yeah. So. I mean, a stud. Bring it down. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say. He's, he's a stud. Like, stud. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is, like, I mean, he's just dominant, dominant, dominant in the slot. Um, you know, you look at his stats there, I think a thousand of those yards came from the slot position. Yeah. So like, he just, he just understands football. He was a quarterback in high school and he just, he understands how to read defenses. He knows how to get open, very savvy player, confident, um, can make tremendous catches, knows how to, you know, control his body. Um, I mean, we, we've all seen the one handed catch that he had in the back of the end zone. Like, it's just, it's just crazy what he can do. You know, I remember watching him, you know, last year in that bowl game against, I, I think it was, was it Auburn? Yeah, Auburn. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just, he took over. Like, he dominated. And, 
uh, just really good player. And to get him in the fifth round is like, <laughs> I mean, it's just tremendous. Like I, I'm, I'm getting stoked just talking about it because the kind of upside that he has. And now you put him in an offense with Mike Evans on the outside and Chris Godwin, like he's just, he's going to continue to do well. I mean, I think he's going to become Tom Brady's one of Tom Brady's favorite targets because he's going to be open all the damn time. So <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be hard not to throw him the ball. So I, I'm really excited about this pick. And again, another leader, another guy that's just confident and he's going to bring a lot to this team. And, and like how, Tom Brady said, someone that's humble, that just wants to learn and just suck up everything knowledge-wise just so they can perform on the field. Right. And I feel like that's how he is. That's how a majority of all of our players that we drafted are. Keyshawn Vaughn, Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Woodfield, all these yeah. guys just want to win. They just want to be able to get in there and produce. And a lot of them, just because Tom Brady's our quarterback, they're like, I got I to gotta do well. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and and one more thing I like to add. I mean, it's just, you know, and I think Tyler Tyler was available in the fifth because again, he's not as explosive. He's not real, you know, he's not real fast. Uh, and this was a deep receiver class. You had a lot of guys that were, you know, really good and and deserved to be selected high. And, and Tyler was one of those, you know, players. Again, I think with the process of him not having his pro day and and not being able to, you know, see him in person, I think. That kind of hurt him as far as the process goes, but again, just a great value pick for for the Buccaneers. Yeah, Will Ayers added Winfield and Johnson were captains at Minnesota. He's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they both both vocal leaders, both very passionate players. I mean, for my breakdown of Tyler Johnson, obviously not the fastest receiver. They put him mainly in the slot all of last year, but biggest thing I see when I look at his stats. Look at the touchdowns. Two years in a row, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Last year, 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you think of a guy, how the hell is he getting so many touchdowns? Is it just deep plays or is it he's just really good in the red zone? And that's what he is. Like, I looked at it a little bit. We're going to break down all the players in the future, don't worry, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. It takes time to do all these things. But uh, <laughs> he's he's not because uh, Matt Cerruti said Tampa's Edelman right there. I agree and don't agree to, to a certain extent. He's going to be in the slot like Edelman. I fully agree with that. I don't think he's as mobile as Edelman is. He's mm-hmm. a willing blocker, yes. Is he going to be doing one of these where he runs an in and then immediately turns it into an out? What, what is that called? A rug ra- rub route? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to do that cleanly. Like Adam Humphreys used to do it really well. I think Scotty Miller can do that better than he can. But this dude just knows how to run routes crisp. But if it's making you think I'm going to go one way with a little head shake, fake, and then he just goes. And that cut is mm-hmm. lightning quick, and that's, what's, that's what gets him to where he needs to be. He's not right. great with change of direction. He's just great at deception and then planting and going. And that's where in the slot you have to be deceptive. You have to make an immediate quick move to get open because you're usually like, I got to make a quick move to get this first down or get a quick conversion. And I think he brings that big time. I mean, let me bring this quick clip up right here. JC Cornell posted this on Twitter. So check him out right here on the top of the screen. Quick little, quick twitch, nice little play. I mean, just things like that is what he can bring. But in the slot, 
I mean, mm-hmm. you're really, usually going to go against a safety or, dare I say, a linebacker. He can eat against all those. I mean, he's not being asked to be a one or a two, considering all the damn weapons we have. So I really, really like the damn pick, considering that he, all he did play was the slot. Or I, oof, Not enough nice things I can say about the guy, plus his will, his drive. Mm-hmm. I'm looking really forward to seeing him compete for our slot position because I think Scotty Miller is going to have a chance at that too. Yeah, Willie Ayers said Scotty Miller equals Edelman. Watson getting <laughs> cut, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to wrap up Tyler Johnson, all I'll say is it, it's going to be uh, very nice. It's going to look really <laughs> real good. nice. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but good pickup. And then Bruce Arians was just salivating over him. But mm-hmm. he was talking about him watching the, the Auburn game with his, yeah. with his son. Just saying, well, I need to get that guy. Like, that—that's the stuff you want to see. Like, a coach really wants that type of guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'll keep going on. We're gonna go now. Sixth round, Khalil Davis, Nebraska defensive tackle. And he had eight sacks in 2019 from the defensive tackle position. Give me your initial rundown. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Khalil is, uh, you know, a great story, and you know, he, you know, I think he was a first-time starter last year, but. I, he just again he has tremendous athletic ability i mean he ran a 475 at you know 300 pounds and you know has a track background you know i think he even did some swimming as well so yeah. really you know multi-sport guy very athletic uh he's got a lot of burst and, and motor that you see on tape and he knows how to close quickly so i think he's got some potential here that you know could be you know possibly untapped here going forward and you know, I think the coaches are going to really like this kid, um, you know, very determined. He's, and again, he's got the right attitude, you know, very mature, like the rest of their draft picks so far. So, yeah, again, another one I'm excited about. And, uh, you know, he's going to add, uh, I think, some good things to that rotation uh, along the defensive front. Again, he can play inside or outside. Uh, so really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and you said it was his first year as a true starter last year, right? Right, correct. I mean, eight sacks, that's, think about it from the inside position. But that's another thing. He doesn't just play in the inside. He plays five-tech, three-tech. He plays all along the, the defensive line. Yeah. And that's, and his comparison was Nacho, Raheem mm-hmm. Nunez Nacho, or Raman Nunez Roches, our, our player that's currently on the roster right now. So, hey, scheme fit, yeah. Versatility, yeah. He, he fits a lot of boxes, and... A lot of people, like a lot of people, just like us, wanted the higher tier guy like Javon Kinlaw, but they went with a guy that they can actually afford later in the draft. And this is a potential pick, right? Four seven forty. It's pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's a it's a guy that you know has that athletic ability, and you know the coaches just want to see if they can mold him. And uh, you know, I'm excited for it. Again, I was you know hoping they would go defensive line a little bit earlier, but. Again, they get a guy that, you know, in the sixth round that has this kind of potential that you can, you know, get him in and get your hands on him and see what you can make out of him. And, you know, I think he'll have a role, you know, going forward and, you know, excited to see what he can add, you know, down the road. I agree. So moving down the line, let's go down to Chapel Russell. I honestly, before this, I had no clue anything about him. Seventh mm-hmm. round pick, Temple linebacker, Temple comeback player of the year. Thoughts? Yeah, same. I mean, when when his name popped up, I was like, who? 
you know so <laughs> i was like who's this guy and um yeah then i i looked you know i looked deeper into it and again you you see the torn acl you know his first two seasons um and then you know the last two years he's been you know kind of lights out for temple and he plays a very similar defense of you know to a todd bull scheme so you know i think it makes sense they play that like four two five you know kind of defense and and that's what the bucks play a lot of so he, he's going to be a guy that I think can add special teams value. You know, he's very athletic again. I think he ran under a 4-7. And he'll be able to provide depth, you know, for the inside linebacker position. But I think also he has versatility to play outside as well if they want to use him as a pass rusher or, you know, in that nature. Uh, so, again, he's a sideline-to-sideline guy that can, that can make plays. And I, I think he'll help, you know, this year mainly on special teams. And I think he'll be a boost to – you know, the linebacker group, because you really don't know what you have. And, um, you know, Jack Sitchie because of his injuries. And then you look at Kevin Minter, you know, one more year on his deal. So, you know, I think it was a smart move to add to that position. Yeah. So before I touched on him, a lot of people in the chat were saying good depth to replace Bo Allen when referring to Khalil Davis. And right. I agree. He'll yeah. learn under Sue and Vita Vea, David Searle said. Um, and I agree with that. I mean, I added in the chat, we, we really just needed bodies on the D-line because BDA was confident in the starting seven last year. I mean, we didn't really need elite, so to speak. I mean, yeah, I want potential for the future. Because mm-hmm. Sue ain't going to be here probably after next year. Right. JPP's years are numbered. And Jack Barrett still hasn't signed that franchise tag, but he's likely going to. It's just a worry. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is just... Really, we just need the rotation like we had last year. And this dude that knows how to be quick, getting to the quarterback, eight sacks in college, yeah. Get him in a rotation. Let him learn on the go like these guys are saying. Sue and Vita Vea will teach him. And once Sue and Vita Vea are knocking into people, 340, 330, you're knocking into them. And then you get this fast, quick twitch guy, runs a 4-7 right through. Oops. I went to go grab a big body. I, I got slipped under by a faster guy. Now I, I don't know what the hell to do. Right, yeah. so these right. are put them in on rushing downs, third and longs. Like this is this is the madness this Bucks defense can unleash onto other offenses. Hopefully, in the NFC South, particularly the Saints, but we'll go on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you were talking about the linebacker. I think it's Chapel Ru- Chapel 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 Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the two ACLs you touched on. Someone in here said. Hope he ends up like Quan has to dye his hair red first. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I agree. The dude plays downhill. He's fast. Just wants to deliver a hit. You touched on. He's probably going to be a special teams player. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. That's where he's going to make the team. He's not going to be starting. I mean, Levante David and Devin White. He ain't going to be in that. So, yeah. I think he's a typical player that you need to have to be under special teams, to be that bottom of the roster that can push the top. And right. I just, I like the makeup of the player. Let's see if he can actually make the team because this is actually a deep team now. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're touching all these starters. It's going to be hard for people to stay on this roster now. Like people are going to be taking guys from the bottom of our roster that could be pot- potentially like starters or big role players in other teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we go on to the next couple questions let's see Matty SOP said Coward gave the Patriots an F <laughs> <Great> for <laughs> offseason agreed <laughs> yeah I mean it 
it kind of seems like they're potentially tanking, you know, for, for next year. Um, Trevor you know, dra- yeah, I mean, possibly that'd be the Patriots way, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- their draft was, was puzzling, uh, to say the least. It was just different. <laughs> yeah. And then Willie Ayers is the one saying that Russell, this Russell kid is the next Quan. Just remember this. He flies. He also said he can hit like a truck. Yeah, I touched on that. Mm-hmm. We got to pick up an outside linebacker, free agent, Clay Matthews, etc. I'd be a hell of an outside linebacker to pick up. And then David yeah. Searles said possibly a gunner for Chapel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, JL Morrow, I'll touch on that after we go over the picks. He said, why would I bring up the Saints? <laughs> 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 well, let's talk about our Buccaneers first, right? Yeah. Well, let's keep going on then. So we got one last one. Raven Calais? Damn it. I said it wrong. It's uh, Calais. Calais. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speed to burn. Carried 7.8 yards per carry. Career. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's just electric. Yeah, he's electric. I mean, Bruce Arians called him a, a joystick. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to try to utilize him in different ways. You know, obviously, you know, him in the return game, I think, could be you know, special if he wins that job, which it seems like he could be the favorite. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to add some things to the offense. I think they can bring him in, you know, just give him a couple carries here and there. And uh, yeah, I, I like what his potential could be. Again, he needs some you know, coaching and, and, you know, some more experience, but he, he's got the juice for sure. Yeah. So my opinion on him, he's going to have to make it as a, either a gunner a special teams ace like returner. Yeah. Or he's going to have to beat out Dare or pretty much he's going to have to beat out yeah, TJ Logan for return specialty, but Dare for right. catching the ball. Right. He's going to have to get good at catching the ball quick because he has a speed. Obviously he ran a 4-4-2 in the, in the combine, but supposedly BA says he can run a 4-3. Mm-hmm. So he's got that. He's got sprinter's speed. He does have a little bit of can't make you miss ability it's just can he do that in the nfl level he was doing it at a right. smaller school yeah and that was Keyshawn vaughn's big take he's like i've done this against the sec mm-hmm. that's proof enough like he was a leading rusher in the sec think about that yeah it's I mean, big that's, time that's over a lot of good blow deandre swift that's over claude edwards Slayer. that's it's a lot yeah uh jl moore said competition for tj logan yeah competition and like we were mentioning iron sharpens iron right Mm-hmm. And then while we're at this point in this juncture in time, please guys help us out with some likes down below. And thank you for everything you guys do. But let's keep going on. So, um, going on, Matt Cerruti said, "How much free agency money do we have left?" Uh, probably not much. But uh, you know, we have six open spots on the roster. So, I mean, you could see some additions, you know, coming up soon. But again, they have to have money for, you know, their draft picks, et cetera. So probably not much just to spend as far as free agents. Again, I think they'll probably maybe add a couple of veterans here or there if they can, you know, get them for the right price as far as like veteran, you know, minimum and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now the roster, I, I think most books fans have to be pretty happy with it. Well, tell me about, you were saying about now we can sign guys and it doesn't count against the roster or something. What was that? Oh, that was for the the, the comp, you know, the comp pick formula. You oh, know, if, okay. if you sign guys now, I mean, it doesn't affect your comp picks. And I'm, I don't think, 
I'm not sure if the Bucks are going to get any comp picks as far as this year. Maybe they will. I don't. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to affect them as far as the comp pick uh, goes now. Jay Elmore said, "I like that y'all haven't cut out yet." <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what the heck happened that day. I'm appreciate Jay. Right. <laughs> and what's funny, we we live streamed for three hours during the draft, and nothing know, no happened. Problems. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, no problems. Made no sense. I don't know what the heck happened that day. <laughs> Maybe the wife was pulling a prank on me. I don't know. Probably. And then Matt Cerruti. So this is pretty much bringing us to uh, our next topic of discussion. So mm-hmm. did Winston sign with New Orleans before 4 p.m.? So he's pretty much talking about the comp- compensatory picks and. So I'll yeah. let you take it away first. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, that's the the news over the weekend, or I say yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, Jameis, I believe, signed after 4 p.m. today. Um, so they wouldn't get, you know, penalized for the comps and, you know, comp pick uh, formula. But, uh, again, you know, I tweeted this out, uh, I believe, yesterday. And, I, you know, I wish Jameis the best. I think this was the right move for Jameis. You know, I think we talked about this. You know, the Saints would be an ideal situation for him. You know, he goes to a place where he can learn you know, behind Drew Brees. And, you know, I think it's, I think, again, it's a smart move for him. And, you know, I wish him the best, but when he plays the Bucks, I hope we, you know, kick his ass and, and dominate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as far as him, you know, I wish him the best going forward. Yeah, so one thing I was just confused by, so they gave Taysom Hill a two-year $21 million deal, mm-hmm. and they still haven't even come out with what Jameis Winston's deal is. Have they? Yeah, it's- Probably not going to be very much. I'm sure right. Jameis took a very low contract. But we're uh, talking extremely damn low. Yeah. We're talking yeah, below very... $10 million, below – what, what, what do you think the number is going to be? I mean, I just want to touch on this real quick before we go on. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it will probably be like one one year, probably under $5 million. I would say like 3 to $4 million a year. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a guy that was looking for thirty million, and you know, <laughs> well, he's gonna supposed, be signed. Supposedly, supposedly, yeah, that was a rumor. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, and we touched on this again. It was just you know the thirty interceptions. It makes it hard for other teams and and GMs to trust a guy like that, and as their starter, but as a backup and going behind Drew Brees, and and obviously Sean Payton has always talked high of Jameis. So, you know, I, I think that was a, a wise decision for. For Winston and, and his uh, his team to, to head to New Orleans. I mean, and then I like how the media has to turn a spin on it. Yeah, yeah they said, exactly. "Oh, Jameis picked a destination for the next ten years of his life, not for for the money. Mm-hmm. Or if he picked it for the next ten years, he signed a one year deal. <laughs> Taysom yeah. Hill got a two year deal. Right, and there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's no guarantee Jameis is back in New Orleans after this year. So, and David Searle says Saints only had 3.7 million in cap space left. So uh, we're assuming it's either 3.7 or below, because <laughs> they still got to yeah. sign their picks, right? Right. Yeah, they're gonna have to make some moves here. So, yeah, they're gonna be expecting some cuts from the Saints. Then I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, there's probably gonna be cuts around the league. I'm sure. But overall, I mean, I think it was a a good move by Jameis. The Saints are probably just seeing what the heck they got. We touched on it before the draft that, I mean, Sean Payton liked Jameis Winston coming into the draft. He almost wanted to trade up for him. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. But wait, they got some good crab jumbo in the Bourbon Streets. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Matt Cerruti's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 
good dis- good business decision by Jameis. He has to learn. He just has to learn from the best. It could have been Tom Brady, but I guess he's moving on from that. He's going on to Drew Brees. I not wish nothing but the best for him. I hope he can learn and and change some of the things that he does. Right. A lot of, he has a lot of great talent. It's just check down the ball and value the ball. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Um, Willie Ayers was touching on the undrafted free agents. He said Motley and Divinity Jr. Yeah, yeah. Motley was a guy I was going to talk about. That's the cornerback out of Oklahoma. I, I think that's a terrific pickup for, for the Buccaneers. I, I think he could easily challenge you know, for that fourth or maybe fifth corner spot and maybe push out a, you know, MJ Stewart or um, a Ryan Smith possibly. I mean, he's he's really good. You know, a lot of high talent, talented uh, evaluators um, as far as like, you know, like Brett Coleman, like he spoke very highly of, of Motley. So, yeah, I'm excited about that one. And Divinity uh, Jr. from LSU, uh, again, he's a guy that had really good 2018 uh, tape. And uh, I think he's got some upside as far as being a potential edge rusher or a guy that can be that outside linebacker that you want in this defense. Didn't we get another safety that was really good too? Yeah, Javon uh, Hagen out of Ohio. I think he's good. You know, they added some offensive linemen as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good undrafted class. Oh yeah, then let's the talk of the town. What was his name? Uh, Reed Stennett, Mm -hmm. the quarterback. Right, San Diego. So everyone's thinking, oh, well, we need to draft one for the future. Or then BA comes out saying, oh, no, I got a guy that could potentially be a really good favorable match, like potential for our, our team. Mm-hmm. And then the second pass of a game, the first game I watched him throw was a pick six. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, like, perfect, perfect fit. All right. And we're joking <laughs> in the Facebook group. Again, Facebook group yeah. down below. If you guys want to join our Facebook group, we shoot the shit, we joke around, but we talk. What we love, Bucks football, with everyone, and it's all positive. Yeah. If you have an argument to bring in, bring it in, and we all talk maturely. It's not just bashing. Mm-hmm. And if someone talks bashing, they're going to get talked to too. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good group. So join that. But we're talking about how it's funny. How yeah, like second pass is a pick six, and it's like, <laughs> damn. I don't know yeah. what the potential is. Maybe we can coach that out of him. But right. Well, listen, I mean, you look at you look at the guy, right? Yeah, I mean he's undrafted for a reason, but you look at you you look at the guy. I mean he's got all the measurables you want: six four, two thirty. Uh, you know, pretty athletic for his size. He's got a, a good arm. Um, so again, I think they just you know they see some upside in him as far as getting coaching, you know, coaching on him and and see what they can do as far as molding him. So Willie Ayers said Javon Hagen. Yeah, out of Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a playmaker too. Yeah, so I mean, he's a good stash. Are you talking about the quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, overall, the the draft I was very very happy with. I mean, yeah, there were some positions where I'm like, oh, we could have done this, could have done that, we could have done a lot of things. Right. But yeah, it's all 2020. Right. So, but overall, like same thing with last year's draft, we went so defensively draft heavy, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I don't know, we should have done this, should have done that. But at the end of the day, they just got better and better as the year went on. If Tristan Wirfs can turn into something mid-year and just be like our best lineman, right? we're not going to bitch or moan about anything. So mm-hmm. our offensive line is set. So this is what I pretty much wanted to talk about leading into mm-hmm. the 
draft review. Right. Looking at our team as a whole, offensive line, there isn't a hole. There's competition all across the line. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, stacked. Running back, competition. Tight ends, loaded. Yeah. Offensively, we are loaded everywhere. Defensively, we added a defensive tackle for the rotation. Edge rushers, we have our two main starters. We have our Anthony Nelson that could be maturing into something special. Carl Nassib, potentially. And then mm-hmm. we have the carryovers from last year. The what was a guy with the one eye. Yeah, you have Cousin Daniels. Cousin you still Daniels. have you still have Patrick O'Connor. You know, guys like that that you know could play outside or inside. Safety. Now we're loaded with the competition. Cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have used maybe one more. Maybe that's an area where they kind of go out and feel around for someone. Mm-hmm. And then linebacker again, loaded. This is easily. You can't find a big hole on this team not just offense or defense mm-hmm. tell me where you find the biggest weakness or hole that we presently have that we need to address because to me personally i can't really find one yeah i mean there's no really glaring you know glaring weakness i mean you could nitpick and say you know maybe we could use another you know edge rusher behind you know the guys we have you could use maybe another defensive tackle if say vita Vea or and Sue go down but you know, for the most part, they have guys that can be productive um, as far as depth goes. But yeah, I mean, they're they're stacked. I mean, when we talk about the tight end position, we don't even talk about Anthony Claire, who's still a really good tight end. Uh, he's like the fourth tight end right now. And then you have still a Tanner Hudson that could be potentially cut now because of what you have in front of him. So uh, you still have that Cody McElroy kid. You know, there's a lot of a lot of talent there at the tight end position. Jordan Leggett. God. So yeah, it, six, it's six seven deep. deep. Yeah, it's six seven everywhere. Like it's like okay, this guy's tall and big. He can he can run. He can catch. Yeah, you know we're we're gonna be okay there. Um, you know, offensive line. I think they ha- they got a lot more athletic. You know, with Tristan Worse, and I think you can do a lot more things. You know, Donovan Smith is pretty athletic for his size, and and when he's out in space in the screen game, he's pretty good. And now you have Tristan Worse, who can do the same thing. I think that adds again more versatility. You have Tristan Wurz coming around the corner. I mean, that that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> you get scared seeing that because, I mean, he's just so big. So, um, you know, that's going to be fun. And, you know, defensively, I think they got better with the playmaker they got in, in Winfield. Like, that is probably our best safety right now on the roster. Like, I know it's, it's bold to say because he's a rookie, but, like, the dude can just do everything. And we really didn't have a guy like that. I, you know, I, I talk – we talk highly about uh, Whitehead. Yeah. But Whitehead's more of like an athlete, and he, he plays with this athletic ability, and he's everywhere. But he doesn't really have those that instinct yet, like all the way there. You know, Winfield has those instincts where he can just he can get to a spot and read it before it's going to happen and make those plays. You know, Whitehead does it sometimes, but it's not as consistent, I would say. But now you add a Winfield to you know Mike Edwards, who I think can also do he's those things. One, just yeah. yeah, but he's just not as not as polished as Winfield is right now. And it's, it's very exciting. And if we get Justin Evans, like, like you just, yeah, forget about it. Like that dude's super talented. (laughs) It would just be scary to see all of them on the field. Yeah. I think that was the one thing we're missing. A a center fielder. Right. To ball Hawk and intercept the ball. And that's where Justin Evans was. Could he come back and eventually be that? And then could you imagine the room that we have? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are agreeing that this is the, Best team on people we've had in a long time. I agree. We were just touching on that. 
feel like the best roster we've had. Yeah, another one, long time. Mm. Um, but touching on what you were saying, well, actually what he was saying. So Kappa still needs to show improvement. Absolutely. That's yeah. where I like Higgs versatility. Didn't Kappa play with a broken arm? And then they say, um, would like to see them bring in Watford back for his versatility. So, I mean, if you look yeah. at our offensive line overall, all of them play different positions. Ali Marpet has shown he can play left guard, center, right guard. Jensen can play either guard, center. Kappa mm-hmm. can play right tackle, left guard, right guard. Werfs came in right tackle, but he's eventually going to probably take over at left tackle, and everyone was saying he could probably be a great guard. Right. Overall, our... The only one they really can't really move around that much is Donovan Smith, but he doesn't need to. Let yeah. him maintain Tom Brady's blind side. I'd rather have a veteran there than a, a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, offensive line, I, I get what they're saying, but Joe Haig is competing with Wirfs. So, if Wirfs lose out, you got Haig, who's been in the league that knows, can coach up Wirfs, can push him. So, you know a true winner of that right tackle will be there. Right, ta- right guard, cap I'm confident with. I mean, if not... Joe Haig will probably be your starting right guard. Mm-hmm. That'll be another competition for him. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Go ahead. You want to touch on it? Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, I think Joe Haig is a tremendous upgrade yeah. over Earl Watford. Watford. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and Haig can play, like you said, across the line and, and do a lot of things. And I mean, he's really good in the run game. Again, he needs some work as far as pass protection, but again, he's serviceable. He's, he's very much like, Jamar Dotson was, but he's even better than Dotson because he provides that run game effect as far as being able to push people back and also, you know, get in the way and, and do some good things that way. So I, I like it. You know, he's going to provide competition, like you said, to both uh, Worse and Kappa. And I think Kappa is going to take that next step forward. You could see it last year where he was getting into a groove. Unfortunately, he hurt his arm, missed some time, and that kind of set him back a little bit. But once he came back, I mean, he was he was pretty dominant. I mean, I I love, like he was saying, like Matt Cerruti was saying, best team on paper we've seen in a long time. It truly is. Yeah. One you touched on was defensive tackle if Vita Vea goes down. I almost see if Vita Vea goes down, it's similar to like if Tom Brady went down. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of yeah. like our quarterback of the defense in that everyone behind him has so much, so much of an easier job because Vita Vea is that good. Mm-hmm. And you can't really replace him. It doesn't matter if you put a big fat guy there, it's not going to do the exact same thing Vita Vea does. He's just that damn good of a player, which hopefully he gets the notoriety this year of how good he is Mm -hmm. based on the depth of our team. There's people not knowing who the hell to, to to block, who not to block. Like, right. But yeah, if he goes down, yes, you could probably slide Sue over. Maybe Golson plays Sue position. God, right. they got it's depth all over the place, and then mm-hmm. you have a rotation of Davis, Anthony Nelson slide inside, and Pat O'Connor sometimes inside, but right, still have Nacho as well. Nacho, so. I mean, God, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a deep team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Who again, don't we it, keep is the question. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is a deep roster, and again, now it comes down to you know, is this team going to be able to gel? Are we going to be able to you know, for the most part, you have a lot of guys back. Uh, you know, we're just adding to it and. So you still have that good team chemistry. You know, most of the players know the offense already, the defense already. So, but now it's about, you know, can we get everybody on the same page and 
and really come together as a team and and do the right things and you know finish games and and learn and and know how to win you know know how to close and obviously that's why we brought in tom brady that's why we brought in gronkowski etc uh so hopefully everything can come together you know we can have some otas hopefully down the road here soon and get into training camp as well and, and start the season on time yeah to that that's the biggest thing start mm-hmm. the season on time right so with that well last year we said the defense would get better over time. We're scared about the defense. And that the offense should be clicking. This year should be the opposite. The defense is in whole all together. We just lost Carl Nassib. That's about right. it. Yep. Other than that, everyone is together. The, the p- potential is even higher. The consistently, the consistency and the this awareness of everyone around you should be even better. The offense has a whole new signal caller. Yes, it's not going to be different as in the wide receivers don't know which option route to run. They will know. It's more the feeling of the quarterback and the relationship yeah. with the wide receiver. which will Right, be the, building that chemistry. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the only thing that we're going to have to get used to. But with the ability that they have, hell, let Brady go to his what he knows works, as in Gronkowski first, get him comfortable. Now mm-hmm. we have a possibility of a run game. And then – who the hell can't throw to Mike Evans? Just to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. And your offensive line is pretty much the same. Again, you're only replacing one starter. So, I mean, those four guys pretty much have chemistry down. And, and now you're just adding a, one new piece. Obviously, you know, it could be a rookie with Tristan Wurst. But, again, there's ways to help him out. You know, you, you have O.J. Howard that can help as far as chip blocking. You have your running backs, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, they, they are loaded. And, and like you said, you know, the defense should be able to come out very strong and you should be able to win games, you know, down the, you know, early on as far as with your defense and then just doing enough on the offense until it gets to clicking. And then once your offense starts clicking, I mean, you could pretty much blow out teams uh, if, if everything's working the right way. So this is, oh God, I, I hope to see that this year. Yeah. <laughs> so TB teams four. I like this point. He says, I think we'll see 76 have his best season, meaning Don mm-hmm. Smith, with yeah. br- with Brady under center. Not just because Tom Brady's wicked fast <laughs> wicked fast release, but because Brady will hold Don Smith accountable the way I don't believe anyone else has. I agree with that. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think I think everyone's gonna be held accountable. I think they're gonna be wanting to to do their best. And not saying they didn't do their best with, you know, Jameis Winston as quarterback. Yeah, it's just, you know, Tom Brady just carries that respect factor. And, uh, I mean, he's he's the GOAT. So, I mean, everyone's going to be top-notch. And I think Tom does a great job. Like like TB uh, Teams 4 said, I mean, he's going to hold them accountable and, and make sure everyone's doing the right thing. Yeah, then David Searles also said Gronkowski is a hell of a blocker. Oh, he's tre- tremendous. Tremendous blocker. Uh, I mean... <laughs> We thought OJ was a good blocker. I mean, Gronk is like on another level as far as blocking. So it's going to be ridiculous. And what Gronk can show to OJ Howard, I think that's going to be just great value. And, you know, OJ, I think if he gets his mind right and understands, you know, the process as far as what's going to be happening this year, I think he's got tremendous upside to be even, I mean, the best we've seen so far. I mean, 
we, we this is after a draft and we're getting too damn excited I, yeah we are we are we and need to settle it down right. we need to calm down it's like they haven't done shit yet you know we don't know <laughs> so uh, and that, that's that's usually what it was Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but it just feels it feels different, oh, you know, because like like you got the right staff, you got guys that you just have the right attitude in in the locker room. Like these are not young guys that don't care. I mean, they care and they want to be the best, and it, it just feels different. I mean, you hear Devin White talk, like he's just <laughs> he's just a tremendous leader, and um, I don't know if you saw the video with him and Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, yeah, yeah. they were talking with uh, Casey Phillips and like, that's just the stuff you want to hear. Like they want to dominate on defense. Like he's going to, they're going to give Tom Brady hell in practice. Like that's what you want to see. I mean, this is literally how I feel. Woo! I feel like yelling <laughs> woo. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like after every sack, I'm going to be screaming that after every touchdown, Tom Brady, I'm going to be screaming woo. I mean, Ah, oh, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. and the JL Moore touched on. He says, and we have no idea if or when we'll have football. I know that's the saddest thing. Like that would be such a Bucks life. You build this great team and then don't even get to see it this year. So that would suck. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, you would think September is far away still. Mm-hmm. You hope something would change. And yeah. With and this- it- and they have time. I mean, they have time to push it out if they wanted to, to push it out to like October or something like that. And they could play, you know, they could play into March or something along those lines. But yeah, I hope it, I hope it starts on time. Um, I, I believe we're going to get the schedule here shortly um, in the next couple of weeks. So um, yeah, I just hope it, I hope we can get everything in order and hope fans can attend and everything of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> Master Rudy said, yes, break out the Ric Flair woo. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, hell yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm already hyped up. I don't want to freaking relax. I just want to get involved in the Bucks and just enjoy a winning team and winning culture. Just mm-hmm. have a feeling that we're going to win games, not that it's yeah. going to be up in the air and potentially we could give the game away. Right. That's what I want to feel again. Uh, TB. Teams four says, did you see Earl Thomas or Honey Badger in Winfield? Yeah, yeah, we touched on that uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's everything you want in a safety. Like he can do it all, and uh, very excited. Like I was, I was talking about it when he was the pick. Like my smile was just so big. Like I look like the damn Joker. <laughs> it was just like I was just so happy with with that selection. And then a couple more things. David Searle says schedule comes out May 9th. When, right. And then J.L. Moore said win games at home. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like we've touched on throughout this whole podcast, this team doesn't have many holes. If you could even point one out, I would strongly argue with you and tell you why it's not and how we can fill it and how our strengths really hide many weaknesses right now. Because mm-hmm. we have so many damn strengths at a lot of positions. So, I mean, guys, this is, it's still April. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to be talking this week after week, but it's still going to be, this is the true hype train, okay? Mm-hmm. Right now, I'll be honest, the last couple of years, I, I would refrained. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be a hype train this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there was there was reasons to be skeptical skeptical in the past. Like it's just, I mean, you look at this team, and you know, I think the biggest factor is this team felt it was a playoff team last year. You know, and they came up short because of, you know, turnovers and mistakes and, you know, youth at times. But when you look at it, they finished seven and nine. But, you know, the coaching staff, the players, they talked about it. They they felt they were a playoff team and, you know, they just needed some extra oomph to, to get into that into that dance. And I think now you add it with, you know, the GOAT at quarterback, you, you make a trade for Gronkowski. Um, you add it to your offensive line. Uh, defensively, he's going to be better just because of experience. So you got to be excited about this team. It, it's hard not to. Like, I mean, we're showing it on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. I usually refrain from it, but no holds barred this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, we've we've discussed a whole lot of topics. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please, again, if you like the podcast or the live stream, like it down below. The Tristan Wirfs breakdowns down below mm -hmm. be sure to subscribe please subscribe if you like plus give them a like on twitter <laughs> i appreciate that i need the follows guys right. help well, me out well other than that guys follow, okay. follow our instagram page yes follow instagram plus <laughs> is in control of that we need to start pushing more on that but mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> other than that guys it was a great night thank you for joining us and other than that go bucks and good night Go Bucks.